Hello, my lovelies. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Listen Closely with me, your host, Bobby. Here I talk all things true crime, paranormal, dark history, conspiracy, cryptozoology, extraterrestrial, and unexplained phenomenons right here in the Lone Star State and possibly beyond. If you haven't already, make sure you're following me on all my social medias to get extra tidbits about the topics I discuss, as well as updates and special featurettes like the Missing Mondays. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All of them are at HTT Listen Closely. And finally, make sure you subscribe to me on your favorite streaming provider to be updated when new episodes are released. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave me those five stars and a review. This week we'll be discussing a particular person, and then next week we'll be following that person into one of the famous conspiracies that has, you know, kind of plagued different people. And I'm trying to like say it without saying it, but obviously if you know of this person, then you probably have heard of the conspiracy that's surrounding them as well as others. But I wanted to first touch base and talk about this person in particular because she was actually born right here in Southeast Texas. So I want to first kind of dive into her and her life and then we'll get on next week into what the conspiracy is and who it all affects and things like that. So without any more delay, let's get into it. This week we are talking about the one and only Port Arthur native Janice Joplin. So Janice was born January 19th, 1943. She had a very typical upbringing for this area. However, she was the artsy type who listened to Bessie Smith, Big Mama Thornton, and Lead Belly. So she had a very different taste in music than her fellow classmates. So she was a very free spirit. And because of this, she was said to have been bullied or made fun of by her fellow classmates. She was mocked, one, for being the artsy free spirit type, and two, because of the type of things she enjoyed, such as Bessie Smith and the other artists. Like, that wasn't very typical of the area and of the ethnicity that she was. And I want to stop right there and just remind everybody, this was back in the 40s and 50s, so it wasn't like nowadays where anybody can listen to anything and not be made fun of so back then it was kind of uncharacteristic or weird or you know just different that somebody of her ethnicity was listening to a different sound I mean unfortunately that's just how it was back in that time and this is the south we're talking about as well as Texas and the southeast Texas so you know this area was known for that at the time like it wasn't a absolutely horrible area, but it was also like any other southern small town area. In either case, Janice Joplin actually did graduate from high school in 1960 and she attended Lamar University in Beaumont and then eventually UT in Austin. She would, however, drop out in 1963 and she ended up hitchhiking with one of her friends, Chet Helms, to San Francisco. So in San Francisco, she was able to kind of, you know, let loose a little bit more. She wasn't in the South anymore. And, you know, California has always been more of the more free spirits, like more progressive. So she was able to kind of let loose and be herself over there because nobody was trying to tell her what she could and could not do. Unfortunately, that got her into a little bit of trouble. So in 1965, her friends started to notice her meth usage and addiction 
and actually convinced her to return back to Texas and to Port Arthur to kind of get that back in control, which is kind of a good thing because when she returned back home, she actually avoided drugs and alcohol. She changed her styles and actually enrolled in Lamar again as an anthropology major. And she would actually travel to and from like Austin. So like she would travel to Austin every now and then to do some kind of singing solos so she'd do gigs out there and she would sing solos and it was just her and her guitar. And she, you know, she lived pretty good. Like she got out of the drugs. She started to straighten up and get her life back on track, went back to college. Like everything seemed to really turn around for her. Now in 1966, her friend Chet Helms was a part of a group and he convinced her to join it. So in 1966, she did join the Big Brother and the Holding Company. And with that group, she traveled back to San Francisco. There she, you know, did a couple songs with them. And I'm not going to get too much into the musical side, but from there, then she went and joined a new band. And that was the Cosmic Blues Band. With both bands, obviously, she was a standout. Like, she was very unique in her sound and then in her music just in general. So she actually caught the attention of some pretty famous people. She started to get a lot of fame out of this. So in 1969, she went somewhere that maybe a couple people have heard of. She actually attended Woodstock on August 17th, 1969. And she performed there. They loved her. The crowd just ate her up. In fact, they wanted an encore. So she came out and she did another encore. So, you know, it was great. Everything was going great for her. And in fact, she decided that in 1970, she would have a new band. But this time would be different because this band would be her band. She put together this band, not a manager or somebody else. Like, she fully put this band together in 1970. And this band was called the Full Tilt Boogie Band. Now, by this point, she had a lot of hits circling around. You know, her albums are just going crazy. Everything's going right for her. So the fact that she finally has a band that's going to do what she wants and sound how she wants, like, she was at an all-time high. Everything just seemed great. And she actually had plans because her 10-year class reunion was coming up. So she had plans to attend that. And in honesty, it was probably to kind of gloat a little bit like, hey, look at me now. This is where I'm at. I was the artsy type that everybody just said, oh, you'll never amount to anything. You're just one of those weirdos. And look at me now. I mean, I would do that if I was her just to kind of show off a little bit and rub it in their face, you know. I mean, it's just one thing I would do. I don't know her full intentions for going were, but if it were me, that'd probably be my reason for going, is to kind of just show off and gloat a little bit, just have a little bit of pride there of, you know, even a small town girl can make it big. And also, she was starting to record a new album. Again, this is with a new band with her sound, her everything. So she was actually in Hollywood to start recording these new songs for her new album. So she checked into the Landmark Motor Hotel in Hollywood on August 24th, 1970, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was almost right across from the recording studio. It was either right across or it was very, very close to the recording studio. So it put her in the vicinity of it. So she didn't have to go very far. She was able to just go into the studio when she needed to. I mean, that's one of the things I know about artists is when you have an idea, you just want to go in and like 
play it out, like lay it out. That's what you always hear about them. You always see it. Even me, like if I, if something just pops in my head, like I've got to write it down. I've got to start looking into it right then and there. Drop everything I'm doing. Like I have to do it right then and there before I lose it. So being that close to the recording studio, again, it's just, it helps with that. So everything was going good. She was starting to record and she was actually very excited about her newest recording sessions on the last days that she was alive you know everything was going great she loved the recording she loved the way that the album was starting to come together unfortunately on October 4th 1970 her producer Paul Rothschild went looking for her when she failed to show up for her session It was then that he discovered she had died due to a heroin overdose. So she had gotten clean from all the drugs when she had moved back to Texas. But then when she moved back out, again, like any famous musician at the time, drugs and alcohol played a huge part in their lives. And so unfortunately, she fell back in that way and back into like the rock star life. And it would eventually be her undoing. Now, what's interesting to note about hers is it's not so much that she took too much or, you know, did too much. It was actually the possibility that the heroin was more potent than previous batches because others that had the same dealer as her actually would end up dying from that particular batch. So it was quite possibly that the batch she had was just a way more potent batch than any of the users were actually used to. So that's found out through testing and then from, you know, just seeing how so many were passing away and they would track down who dealt it and that's how they found that out. So her death was actually ruled a accident because of this. So following her death, Janice Joplin was cremated and her ashes were actually scattered from a plane into the Pacific Ocean. Now there is like a memorial type thing in California for her and in Port Arthur, her family home had a plaque or not really a plaque but one of those texas state historical markers in front of it so people would know that that's where she was from she also had some artwork so some of her original artwork and that can actually be seen at the museum of the gulf coast in port arthur So within that museum, they have several different exhibits of local people and they actually have like a hall of fame within that museum and Janis Joplin is actually found in there along with just some small details about her and some of her original artwork. So that's pretty cool that you can still go and see that. And it's amazing that it's in her actual hometown of Port Arthur. So, I mean, you can still go see her original artwork and kind of get a feel for who Janis Joplin was. And unfortunately, it's just so sad that we lost her at such a young age of 27. I mean, you never know what she could have done. And that's always the sad thing is what could she have done? What could any of them have done if they hadn't passed away? And it's just, we'll never know. The world will never know. I mean, we were robbed of a beautiful voice and a beautiful soul. I mean, her music just changed everything. It was so lighthearted and it was so soulful and deep, I mean, because of her influences of Bessie Smith and, you know, all the others, she had that soul in her. So it was just amazing, and we'll never know what she could have accomplished. But I know what you're thinking. What does any of this have to do with conspiracies or true crime or anything like that? Because, I mean, this is just retelling of a famous person. Well, she, along with quite a few other celebrities 
have actually been involved in a conspiracy and she is one of the pioneers I guess you would say of this conspiracy like this conspiracy came about because of her as well as three other very famous singers who passed away in this time period and I don't want to give too much away because it's one that I'm actually kind of excited to talk about but it's one of those if you know you know type of things so if you know what I'm hinting at then you know what I'm about to talk about, or if you don't and you want to kind of keep the suspense, you can definitely just stop right here. Don't listen anymore. Like, you know, this episode, I'm not going to say what it is, but there is a part two to her and why specifically I'm talking about her. And that will be coming out next week. So you definitely want to tune in next week to continue in to Janice as well as the other artists and famous people that are attached to this conspiracy, what the conspiracy is, and it's kind of more of a conspiracy slash urban legend. And while I knew of some people, I did not know of some others. So like how it's kind of morphed and evolved into the times. So that's all I'm going to say about that. You'll have to just wait for next week for me to continue on and talk about what exactly this conspiracy slash urban legend is and how Janice kind of plays a part into it, as well as other people. This is all I'm going to have to say about her. You know, again, she was just one of those beautiful rock stars that unfortunately we lost too early, and it's just a shame. But she did put her town on the map, and she did prove that no matter where you come from, no matter what background you come from, anyone can be anything as long as you put in the work. So it doesn't matter if you're from a small town or if you have money and all these other things. It doesn't matter. If you have a talent or if you have a dream, you can strive and you can get it. I mean, look at me here. I have always been in love with the true crime, paranormal stuff. Like, that's me daily. And I was like, yeah, I like listening to it. Like, I love Kendall Ray. I love Bailey. Those are like big names. I love hearing them. They have such amazing shows, but I'll never be like them. And look at me now. I mean, obviously I'm not famous. I'm not anywhere near those two women. Like they are untouchable, but I am here. I'm doing what I love. And I absolutely love bringing these stories to life. I love bringing this to y'all. And I thank y'all for actually listening to me because, you know, it kind of validates me just a little bit. I don't need others really to validate me or that's what the saying always is, you know, don't rely on others. But it's still nice to know that others share that interest and share that love for just the odd is the best way to put it. It's just the odd because like they always make fun of the, you know, women who listen to true crimes you don't want to mess with and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, we, we're fascinated by this. And I actually want to dive more into why it fascinates us so much. So that'll be a show way later. For now, that is all I'm going to talk about. Stay tuned for next week to hear more about Janice Joplin as well as others. And if you can only do one thing, always remember to listen closely.